Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're going to discuss the root of postmodernism and critical race theory. Note, got a couple questions from a listener that all kind of revolve around this topic of postmodernism, critical race theory, what it is, what it is not, how do we, you know, confront this issue for what it is. If you have a question, animus at animusempire.com or reach out on Twitter at Animus Empire. Okay, so we'll just go through these questions in the order in which they were received. The first one is, why do you why do universities happen to become these centers for critical race theory, postmodernism, these victimhood centers as opposed to other institutions? Is it because something that the way academia is set up, you know, the people that it attracts, do they have anxiety issues? And what we say here at, on this channel is that victimhood is, a, is in a sense a, a, a mismanage, uh, yeah, mismanagement of anxiety. So why do universities become victimhood centers? Well, because universities deal with ideas. That's their currency. And postmodernism, critical race theory, and this is just an indication that the right doesn't, I think, truly understand what's going on. We'll get to it. We'll, we'll get to exactly what postmodernism and critical race theory both are. But the right doesn't get what's going on. Like, if you think critical race theory started in 1988 or whenever, when, when Macintosh wrote that Unpacking Your Invisible Knapsack article, you just don't understand what it is, that these uh, that CRT is an outcrop of postmodernism, which is an outcrop of ideas that have been percolating in society for a couple hundred years since Kant. We'll get to it. So why do universities have these bad ideas? Well, because that's their currency. So if ideas, whether they're good or bad, that they're going to be in the university. It's like if, if you want a, a new um, drill bit, you know, and the, the next iteration the next evolution in drill bit technology, you would go to an oil company, right? Because that's their currency. It, it matters the most to them. And if, if you want an idea, ideas either good or bad, you know, that have been popular in society, you go to universities because that's what they deal in. Um, and I think that's also something, you know, with universities is that they're kind of removed from, they weren't always removed, but now given the way that they're set up, they get a lot of government money. I mean, pretty much all research now is government grants. It's removed from the free market. So it's removed from the direct needs of people. So you can get away with having a bad idea. I mean, you can get away with having a bad idea too if you start a company, but it's less likely to happen. So, I mean, the idea really needs to work. But you have to... Yeah, concretize, iterate the idea in reality in a very helpful way to get in touch with people's needs. Otherwise, you're going to go out of business. But if you get money no matter what you do, you know, as concretized in tenure, then you can have a bunch of bad ideas and nobody can really say anything. So that's another reason um, why I think universities have become victimhood centers. And by victimhood centers, again, with critical race theory, Postmodernism. We'll, we'll get to it in this next question is, uh, do I know any good resources on critical race theory, postmodernism, what it is? And what, what critical race theory is, is essentially that you are who you are, which is a result of postmodernism. You are who you are because of how society made you, because of the institutions set up, because of the false institutions. Well, not necessarily false, but they're really not a reflection of your human nature because there really is no human nature. So you are who you are because of institutions set up in society so if you're not doing well in society if you're poor or you have a lot of uh, you know anxiety issues well that's not your fault like nothing can be your fault anyways because from this framework it comes from a reductionist materialistic viewpoint where the free will doesn't exist you're just a sponge right? the, the, the simplest epistemology is 
uh, reductionist materialist um, yeah epistemology that coincides with that metaphysics it's just you're just a sponge and whatever society tells you you automatically do so if you're not doing well it's because of the way society is set up and institutions and if you are doing doing well you're, you have privilege and it's the way that society is set up in you in you in these institutions so boy that, you know just as a side point that's really alluring if you're 20 years old and in college and you know, it's very difficult to get people to pay attention to you, especially when you're 20. You have to do something useful to get people to pay attention to you. However, if you can gain status from your uh, uh, racial identity, right, sexual, sexual orientation, gender identity, and people pay attention to you, and people have to pay attention to you, otherwise they'll feel guilty if they don't, well, that can be really alluring. And this will get us into the idea of what critical race theory is, what postmodernism is. Um, well, okay, well, let's start with postmodernism. I'm going to be braiding a bunch of ideas. This may not make sense, but we'll try to land the plane here. So to figure out what postmodernism is, we have to first ask, what is modernism? Modernism, at least in philosophy, we're not talking about art or some architecture that you probably don't like that much. We're talking about modernism in philosophy, and this was the end point of the enlightenment it said that there's a reality out there there's a mind in here and your mind's job is to figure out what is going on in reality now, we don't have to rely on kings anymore or dictums from god you know you can your brain is god in a sense like timothy leary's book your brain is god it can go out and, and figure out what reality is um now, it may not be totally apparent, right? We have to use certain tools like induction. That's the scientific method. But we can do it. This was the Enlightenment. That is modernism. So postmodern is, postmodernism is, well, your mind can't really figure out reality. There's maybe a reality out there, but there's no way to really say that your mind is capable of, of figuring out reality. All you can see is reality as it's perceived to you. So a couple hundred years after this philosophy, uh, gets ingrained in our universities through Kant. We'll, we'll get to Kant here. You, we can see how somebody could have a, a different gender expression or just say that they have a different gender identity without offering any proof. Their only proof needs to be, this is how I feel. And who are you to say otherwise? Yet you can't judge me. There's no epistemological basis to say whether you're right or whether I'm right. So you just need to you know, say my pronouns. Otherwise, you may get in trouble depending on what country you live in. So where does this all come from? I would say this fundamentally comes from Immanuel Kant, the most influential, I mean, this is not my opinion, the most influential philosopher of the last couple hundred years. And what Kant said, well, he said two things that feed into postmodernism and critical race theory. And the first thing that he said is, you know, the opposite of the Enlightenment. There, there may be a reality out there, but there's no way that we can really tell whether our mind is grasping reality. All we can know for sure is we see reality as we see it. But there's no evidence to suggest that that's some kind of objective reality. And what Kant was doing, incidentally, is he was trying to limit reason. He was consciously trying to limit reason, what Nietzsche accuses him of confirmation bias. I don't know if it's confirmation bias if you're honest about it, but Kant was trying to limit reason to make room for faith because he saw the Enlightenment. He saw what was going on, and he's, uh-oh, if people can figure out, if any plebe can employ the scientific method to figure out reality, then the power of Christianity, as Kant saw it at least, or as it was interpreted at the time, 
I know we can get in arguments all day about what Christianity really is, what it was at the fall of the Roman Empire versus how it uh, evolved throughout the Middle Ages and how it has evolved in the last 200 years. So I think our view of Christianity is probably different than what Kant viewed it as. But what Kant saw is, uh-oh, we can't have the Enlightenment and Christianity. Right? This is going to be the death of faith. So what you have to do is limit reason to make room for faith. Uh, so there is this divorce between reality and our minds. Also, as a side note, there is also a divorce between you and yourself, between you and your wants, you and your needs, you and your desires, and proper ethical action was just following a list of rules, you know, categorical imperatives. These are akin to commandments. It's not about what you want. It's not about what's good for you. Uh, it's not about the propagation of your life. Right? It's just about following these commandments. So you have your mind divorced from reality, you divorced from you, and it's clear how we can get something like postmodernism 150 years later, and then CRT about 30 or 40 years after postmodernism, give or take. Uh, so where does, so I guess one of these questions is, yeah, I don't know if this is making sense. We'll, we'll get to all these. But, but one of these questions is, is, how is the right incorrect about how they view postmodernism? Because that's a, a typical criticism from postmodernists, like with Jordan Peterson. Oh, he's talking about postmodernism, but he doesn't understand what it is. I don't know exactly. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's different interpretations. I'm not some postmodernism expert, but I think if you look at, like, you know, how Christianity, the original, uh, what what the what the religion originally was. It's different than how it's practiced now. And I think that's probably true of postmodernism. I think these original postmodernists, these French guys in the early 20, or the mid 20th century, they really just intended it as an epistemological device. So look, it can be helpful, of course, from, from an epistemological device as a way to you know, test the sturdiness of your ideas, to, to think, to consider, well, maybe I just have these ideas because I'm a white male or because I come from an upper middle class background. You know, maybe that's just informing my belief. Now, maybe it's not, but it's helpful to think about it from that perspective, and I think that's totally correct. But what happened is, is we took maybe that's the original intention from Foucault, but the, but we have now, in a sense, made these ideas into a doctrine. So what was well, you got to question your ideas because you're a white male. Now it becomes well, you're inevitably wrong because you're a white male and you there, there's no way that you can see the perspective of somebody who is a you know person of color different gender you know less sexual whatever expression um so postmodernism can be good from an epistemological device but it really turns into uh, a religion you know that's why i have an article in my second issue of, of animus the magazine postmodern uh, religion and the issue here is the right just simply doesn't have the tools to address this because they, the right is predominantly based on a philosophy of Christianity and a lot of their ideas. I mean, it's interesting, you know, uh, uh, Jordan Peterson is out criticizing postmodernism, but he gets a lot of, I mean, he's a Kantian. Like, he doesn't talk about Aristotle. <laughs> he, he's just talking about Kant. So you're criticizing postmodernism, not the root of their ideas. You just don't like what it's doing to society. But you don't question, right? You don't actually undercut the root of their ideas which is why I think a lot of postmodernism can get away with criticizing Jordan Peterson in their right, um, not because the postmodernism postmodernists are right so much, but because uh, Jordan Peterson just really doesn't get to the root of the issue. 
which I think is why I think probably why I got these questions is the Santos in Florida and a couple of the governors are banning critical race theory discussion or you know that these ideas can be taught in schools which I don't want to get into legalities I think there's a lot of nuance there whether it's a violation of the, the first amendment I don't really care but I think it's a good indication that you know the, the right just doesn't have the ability to undercut these ideas to argue away these ideas because then they're going to start banning it now maybe it's right to ban it you know, I don't know. Like, like we ban certain things in public schools. Like, you can't talk to the second graders about um, sex ed, right? That's inappropriate. We don't uh, allow that. Or I don't know. Maybe you do now. <laughs> some countries, uh, given some things I see on Twitter. But so, if, if you can't really argue away, I, mean, I think these ideas are pretty easy to argue away. But if you can't do that, then you just want to ban it. And I think what you're going to see, even if this is like constitutionally okay and not, not a violation of the First Amendment, again, I don't want to get into this. I think you're going to see the opposite reaction. I think you're going to see critical race theory grow, uh, and its ideas beca- become more relevant because of this. Uh, you know, like anything, like if you use force to try to get your way in a certain situation where no force is required or no force was initiated, you're going to get the opposite reaction. And I'm not just talking about physical force. I'm, you know, like a codependence kind of controlling other people kind of force. Like, yeah, try to control your girlfriend, right? Or, or any girl or anybody. You're going to get the opposite reaction eventually. Uh, hit your kids. Go ahead. Try to hit your kids. If they're doing something wrong, hit them. You're going to get the right reaction. You're going to get the right behavioral response in the short term. But in the long term, when you use force to deal with people, then... You're, eventually you're gonna get you're gonna get right you hit a kid he gets resentful and he's gonna act out later this has been shown I mean it's pretty obvious at this point in the short term you get the reaction that you want but in the long term so this that's what I think is going on is these ideas are based on the Kantian perspective and we really can't get to the root of them because the right the supposed opposition to critical race theory is also based on the Kantian perspective Nobody really goes back to Aristotle, is what I'm seeing. Another question here around this um, is, to what extent are universities actually, quote, infecting students with victimhood, this victimhood mindset from critical race theory, or were these anxiety issues already present in society, and in a sense the universities come around and you know pick up on? You know, they, they kind of sense that there's that victimhood complex in society. So, hey, if you want ideas that resonate well, you need to talk about victimhood and, and how you're, in a sense, a plaything of these institutions, of the way the society is set up. And the, the only way, right, you can't change your own life, but of course you can go out and change society. You know, there's all these contradictions when you really think about it, which is what the right doesn't really do and why they have to go around banning it, which may be okay. Again, we're not going to get into that. Um, well, I think that... Yeah, there was anxiety, of course. Uh, you know, like I say, we've been living in this age of attachment disorder, which is at least in part due to postmodernism. Because what does postmodernism do? It comes around and it says there is no way. Yeah, there is no natural you. There is no you and your desires. It's all just a construction of society. So, hey, a woman would be just as happy going out and running a law firm as she would be running a family. Now, that may be true for some women, but that's not true all the time. It's not about whether that's true, but you have this philosophy that comes and says, this is how you should be acting, in a sense. And whenever you, you have a, a belief system, whether it's postmodernism, this is what religion does too to some degree, is it doesn't look at what a human is. It looks at what a human wants, to, what they want a human to be. So with Christianity... 
right? There's, uh, you know, again, depending on your, your view of Christianity, there's um, a lot of, uh, you know, criticism of maybe not sexuality, but open expression of sexuality. Now, what Christians want is for humans not to be sexual. So they come up with this view of light that says if you express sexuality in any way, then you're inherently wrong. Same thing with postmodernism, as they say, well, you have no, um, you have no human nature. So if a woman does want to raise a family as opposed to starting a, a, a law career and, and running a law firm, then that is fundamentally wrong because she only wants to start a family because that's how she was socially constructed. You're not looking at the nature of the thing that you're trying to give prescriptions for, right? You're looking at what you want it to be. You want men and women to be equal. You want men and women to not have sexual natures, but that's not, you know, it's just not their, 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 um, their nature. You know, it's, it's like the example I use, it's like saying that all dogs should read uh, Aristotle, making that dictum. All dogs should read Aristotle, and then your dog goes out, digs a hole in the yard, and you say, ha, I see, I told you all dogs were evil, for fundamentally evil, because he's not reading Aristotle. Well, no, you're just not looking at the, what the nature of what the dog is. And so what these ideas do, do that disconnect us from ourselves is it does tend to cause anxiety. So yeah, postmodernism elicits anxiety out of us, but also these ideas of postmodernism or any idea that, that connects you from who you are will tend to cause anxiety, um, which, uh, yeah which makes it that much more likely to fall into the victimhood way of thinking. And so you're going to be much more likely to accept postmodernism and critical race theory. All right, guys, hope this is helpful. Just a little discursus there on critical race theory, postmodernism. Um, I think these ideas are, are fundamentally um, hurtful to a healthy psychology to how a healthy psychology functions based on how our emotions work, based on the decisions that we can make with our emotions. We do not have 100% free will, but in order for there to be a field of psychology, we must include for at least uh, yeah, some kind of free will or some kind of ex exercise of our will. And this is what we can help you with here. Um, we do free consultations, animusempire.com slash schedule. Thank you guys, I will leave it there. And always remember that um, in order to really get at the root of critical race theory and postmodernism, you have to understand the ideas behind them.